This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The sound method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats, it's how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. 
It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled with. Okay. So click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at, in upstate New York at the iconic legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th, okay? And Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need. Okay. I love you all so much and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. So, so here's the real deal. So here's the real deal. Do you trust in this incarnation? Do you trust in this incarnation? Right? It's if if we think from a from a from a, a purely uh, Buddhist uh, perspective, right? And um, through a Buddhist perspective, it's said that it is almost um, it is it is not almost. It's rare. It's a, extremely rare to have a human rebirth, to have a human incarnation, right? So let's start there. Knowing what uh, the historical Buddha who lived 2,500 years ago uh, said about, about human, human, a human experience, a human life. He said, it's, it's almost impossible to be born as human. It, it's so rare. So taking refuge in the preciousness of having a human life, right? We take it for granted. So as we're as we're talking about building trust and having trust in this incarnation, it starts with opening our hearts to say, holy fucking shit, I am grateful for another day. I'm grateful that the breath is breathing the body. I'm grateful that I can hear these words and actually kind of understand what Sa is saying. Although I truly understand that only... It's only 10% of stimuli. It's only 10% of phenomena that, that get the land that gets that activates my senses. And 90% of what I'm you know, technically understanding and hearing, it's it's an interpretation. It's a made-up experience by my mind. So how wonderful it is that I, I at least have this sort of dull imprint of information coming in that then gets interpreted and made up in a way that something clicks inside of me, that something moves inside of me. How wonderful is it, you know, that I'm able to not be committed to misunderstanding myself and misunderstanding reality? How precious is that, 
So start there, right? Start there. Scientific research shows that it's we get we get this uh, we get ten percent of phenomena, you know, thrown into our senses, thrown into the sense gates, and then ninety percent of it it's made up by our mind. So let's just let's just use that to kind of orient the fact that here you are still listening. Something is clicking. Something is orienting. Something is landing, right? There is an unwavering trust already in you. The problem is, here's what happens, my sweet love. The problem is that we have lost faith in our capacity to become alchemizing agents in life. Pain and suffering has kind of taken such a deep toll in our lives. And I'm not speaking to all of you because I know some of you are already living as as true supreme witches, as true supreme alchemists, as true living Buddhas, as healing artists. You know, you guys are already ushering in Maitreya consciousness, the second coming, right? Maitreya consciousness is the consciousness of the next Buddha. It's said to come in, in, in consciousness form. It's said to be our new operating software in the minds of, of certain people and then will proliferate in the minds of other people. As those people who have activated Maitreya consciousness speak to it, it will imprint the minds of others. And therefore, Maitreya consciousness will not materialize as a human in front of us, but will, will, will permeate the minds of all those who are ready for transformation. So when we're thinking about, uh, when we're thinking about uh, activating this, this basic trust, right? Some of you are already alchemists. Some of you already have said, yes, I've lived through so much fucking shit. I've had such a fucked up life. But guess what I did with it? I made art. I made art. I chose to beautify the world. I chose to lean into my pain, my suffering, my trauma, my despair. And I chose to not seek to punish those who've punished me. I chose to not seek to punish myself for the harm I've caused. I chose to find ways of restoration. Not to, this, not, to, not to run away from responsibility, no. Because karma is documenting everything. So nothing goes undocumented. Nothing that you do, say, or that's done to you won't have consequence. We live in a planet that the natural law of justice is the foundation. So every activity comes with a consequence. But guess what? Can we allow the consequence to to happen in their own divine time? Or do I feel the desire, the unwavering demonic desire to punish and seek a life of punishing myself and seek a life of punishing others? Hell no. Hell no, I'm not doing that. I'm seeking a life of restoration. I'm seeking a life of unwavering peace. I'm seeking a life where those who've caused harm, they don't need to be my life again. In this lifetime, they don't need to be part of my life. But I will find a way in my heart to restore the vision that I have of them. I will find in my heart to restore the perception I have of them. Because I have changed, so have they. Same thing goes all the way around, right? The pain that you've caused others. You're no longer someone who causes pain. So release the desire to punish yourself. 
release the desire to punish yourself. Are we communicating? Is this landing for you? Because the orientation to be able to establish trust in this incarnation can only start with you stopping with the desire to punish others and the desire to punish yourself. Allow the natural law of justice to do its thing. Okay, so when I speak to the natural law of just when we're talking about the having trust in this incarnation, what I'm saying is that there is a divine order at play. What does that mean that there is divine order in this fucking chaotic world? Underneath the chaos is order. Underneath the pain is healing. Underneath the suffering is love. But we need to understand that everything that's happening in our life, that we, that everything that we're seeing, that we're experiencing it, is happening for a reason for us to see, to experience, to learn something from it, to grow from it. And that growth happens when you first accept that things are happening the way they're happening, can I be an agent of change? Or if I don't have the solutions, let me get out the way and let me find a resourceful person who can. So when something traumatic is happening in front of you, right, a car accident just happened in front of you and you just say, oh my God, I wish you were on a drive-by because I'm late to go to my, to go my date or I'm late to go, to go get drinks with my friends. Girl, the, 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 the consequence of you driving away after you just saw someone get in an accident, whatever is happening in front of your eyes, it's the karma of those who are experiencing that experience. But it's your karma. It, it becomes your karma, how you relate to it. And it's happening in front of your eyes because you also have an entanglement with that, with that person. There's something there for you. So building trust in this incarnation says that everything is happening for me. And don't go into the for me right away. Because there's no way for us to say to, to someone who's a victim of abuse, oh, that happened for you. Fuck that shit. You're not deserving of abuse. You're not deserving of pain. You're not deserving of the harm. Fuck that shit. Don't come up in here with this love and light bullshit. Sit with me in my despair. Sit with me in my pain. Sit with me in my anger. And sit with me so gracefully that the anger unravels into grace. That the despair unravels into creativity. But don't come up in here saying it happened for you. Look what you could create with this shit. No. That is spiritual bypassing. That is you not having genuine molecular understanding, deeply psychological and spiritual understanding of what I'm speaking about today. Do you have trust in this incarnation? Because if you have trust in this incarnation, there's multiple levels, multiple levels of, of reality taking place. First, harm was done. Pain was caused. No one deserves pain. Okay. Next, sit with me in such a way that the that the anger dissolves. And sit with me in such a way that you could keep me accountable to recognizing that I am an iconic legendary alchemist. That pain implies healing. That suffering implies grace. 
sit with me in a nonverbal way in such a profoundly spiritual, awakened way. Let your Maitreya consciousness, let your second coming, let your Christ consciousness, let your Krishna, Kali, Lakshmi, Ganesha consciousness be so profoundly awake inside of your being that it helps me who is in pain, who is a victim, who has been traumatized to remember that pain implies grace, that suffering implies healing. Are we communicating? Are we arriving somewhere? So to build trust in this incarnation, there is, in, a, in, a, in one level, a complete eye-opening, earth-shattering, uh, tectonic plate catastrophe happening all around us. And it is mind-blowing how many people are profoundly suffering and how many people are living under the poverty line, how many people don't have the resource that they need to live. How is it that human beings have to pay to exist? How the fuck did we get here? Now, we have that. That leads us to not trust. That leads us to think that this is a hell realm and I'm just having a fucking, uh, I'm just living in a nightmare. Now, the work becomes about the alchemists, those who are wanting to cultivate a deep inner stability, a deep foundation of unwavering trust that this incarnation is a good one for me, that this predicament is a good one for me. It requires us to be moved to tears, to the quivering lips, to the shivers in the body, to the warmth of anger in our body when we experience, when we see the suffering in the world. Simultaneously, we need to recognize that the natural law of justice is serving everything in a divine way. It's only serving the amount of food that we can eat, not only for us watching, but for those who are experiencing it. And I know this might not make sense right now, but having unwavering faith it requires us to awaken that, that, that deep despair by watching the pain in the world. And from that despair, we're moved into a restorative state of mind in such a way that solutions arise and we don't become paralyzed by the suffering in the world or the suffering in our lives. We become profoundly energized because we know that everything at its core is grace. So it is our job to relinquish and release and decolonize and unshackle our blind spots that are keeping us stuck in misinterpreting reality, misinterpreting the harmony and the divine order that's at play. I don't have access to this all the time. I don't have access to this unwavering trust all the time. That's why, that's why I speak. That's why I do my best to make these experiences poetic and artistic in a way that it can tickle you and us and all of us to see what the mystics have seen, to flirt with that deep knowing that lives in our heart. 
that see past events as first done to me and at a later phase as for me because I have grown, I have alchemized, I have transformed. One powerful way of, of actually being able to see reality for what it is to actually find in your perception, in your mind's eye, in your heart-mind merger of awareness, of understanding that there is order in the chaos, that there is an angelic symphony in the most um, uh, traumatic of events. It's to relinquish the split attention. It's to relinquish the split attention. You know, so often I talk about call back your energy. Call it back. Call it back. Because when you are split, when your energy is split, when your attention is in, a, in, a, in multiple different places, your attention is thinking about that thing or this thing or this other thing, da, 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 and it's just in a million different places, you're unresourced. You're unresourced because you're leaking. You're leaking. Now stop the leakage and turn that faucet inside and open that, that faucet in the direction of the garden of your heart and grow the seeds of courage and grow the seeds of love and grow the seeds of compassion and grow the seeds of artistry and grow the seeds of poetry because that will help you to see yourself and life in a completely different way. Now, if your attention is split, if your energy is split, you're watering all kinds of fucked up seeds in a variety of different places. If you are replaying that memory in the background of your mind 75,000 times a day, and if you're worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow or, or, or the beginning of the year or whatever it may be, you're leaking. You're not watering the seeds that are going to help you to, to rekindle trust that this incarnation is a good one. That this incarnation is a good one for me. You're watering the seeds of despair, of confusion, of separateness, of disharmony, of distrust. Is it distrust or mistrust? Whatever it may be, one of these two words. You know, you're watering the seeds of, of, of lack of faith. Now, when you water, when you turn your energy when you literally gather your energy, your split attention from all these different places, people, experiences, and you literally turn the, you literally use that energy, turn that inner faucet on and to water the seeds in the garden of your mind, those that are supporting your growth. What arises is an unwavering faith that I am okay that the universe has my back, that I'm here for a reason, that there is suffering in this life, and that's just part of the gig. It's just part of the gig. Suffering is part of the gig. But it's, it's also part of the gig. If you are on the liberatory path, if you are on a spiritual path, to 
activate your uh, alchemical capacities, your artist capacity, your poetry capacity to unravel your perception of suffering to the point that you get to the core, which is grace, which is wisdom. That foundation is at the core of every impulse. We do things, we do random, harmful, unskillful, unhealthy things out in the world. Because we don't have this foundation that this incarnation is a good one, that I'm in the right place, that I'm in the right, in the right, uh, that, that this, ex this experience is the right experience, you know? So this, this lack of trust, this lack of, of basic trust leads us to all kinds of, of destructive, harmful, unhealthy habits and behavior. Because we don't feel trust in ourselves, so what do we do? We put an alliance, we put trust in people, places, and things. Very shallow alliance of trust. And we hope that they will validate our basic goodness. We hope that they will validate the seed of enlightenment that's at the base of our being. And we hope that they're going to tell us that inside that tiny little seed, there's an entire tree. And all we need to do is water it and give it the right amount of sunlight and weed our motherfucking garden regularly. We're, we're casting out an alliance out there. And it's fine. Because we need sometimes to get our, our pilot light, you know, reignited. But girl, but honey, my darling, my sweet love, my poet, my artist, my creative genius, my music superstar, my rock star, turning on the light is all that can be done. Reminding you that the seed is there is all that can be done. They can't weed the garden for you. They can be a little bit of sunlight. They can be a little bit of water to the seed in the garden of your mind. But they can't weed your inner world. How do you weed your inner world? By stop being scattered, by stop putting all of your, all of your uh, uh, alliances by, and, and, and people placing things out there that they will save me. No one is coming to save you, my sweet love. Having unwavering trust that this is a good incarnation for me, it means that you got to get liberated. It's a very, very individual process at first. And the moment that your pilot light is lit and you know how to weed the garden of your, of, your, of your mind, the moment that you're watering the seeds of compassion, of love, of joy, of poetry, of artistry, of genius in the base of your being, then the next stage becomes about sharing it with others. And that's how that tree 
That's how those little baby sprouts will turn into beautiful flowers and grow into iconic trees. It's relating to others and letting others bask and luxuriate in your unwavering trust. So you see how it's paradoxical, right? From one degree, I need you to do the work by yourself. From another degree, the work has to be done in relationship, in relating to others. So the one of the most prolific things that the historical Buddha has put forth is the understanding of paradox as the path of spiritual liberation. That's why to be a spiritualist requires you to be a poet, requires you to be an artist. You may say, oh, I'm not an artist. I'm an accountant. It's, I'm the furthest away from it. But if you're listening to these words, you are an artist. If you're listening to these words, you are a poet. If you're listening to these words, you're an alchemist. It's just, it's just part of your fabric because this, is, this work is not the faint of heart. This work requires somebody to hold two truths at the same time, simultaneously. Yes, I exist in this very separate, individualized way. Simultaneously, I do not exist in this separate, individualized way at all. Are we communicating? Are we arriving somewhere? Yes, suffering and pain exists, and it's painful, and it's traumatic, and it's earth-shattering, and simultaneously, the pain and the suffering that exists isn't the whole picture. But you can't have one truth without the other. We got to be, we got to be able to have unwavering trust in this incarnation. And to be able to hold trust in this incarnation requires us to dance with paradox all day, every day. That's why you have to be an artist. Some of these truths can be contradicting. How can pain be painful? And how can a demon be demonizing and simultaneously be, be an angel teaching me something? It doesn't make sense. But it's not meant to make sense with, the, with, the, with your mind, through your mind. When you're trying to make sense with your mind, what happens? You are bringing your past to it or your future to it. You're, you're interpreting, you're interpreting your life through the lens of the future, the future wounded, the future version that you have of yourself based on your past version of yourself. Are we communicating? So unless you're deeply grounded in the present moment, that's why I opened the talk about bringing back your energy, finding, collecting your inner resource in such a way that you're watering the seeds of liberation, the base of your being. So some of the stuff could start to land. And the only way for this to land is for you to understand it and actualize it and dance with it through the spiritual heart. The spiritual heart opens the door for divine intervention, for direct experience. Now, if you want to have an intellectual experience, then, then live your life stuck in books, never creating art. You know? So, a quality of someone who is trusting this incarnation is someone who, who is able to wake up in the morning and have deep gratitude. And even if they don't feel it, because I don't feel grateful every morning, 
I woke up crunchy as fuck today. But guess what? I went into child's pose, which is what I do every morning. I said my prayers. I said my intentions. I took refuge on the Buddha Dharma Sangha. I repeated seven or maybe more. I'm not going to give you the direct details of my personal practice. Mantras to different kind of different kinds of enlightened creatures in my life, these saintly beings in my life. And then went to the bathroom, read a sacred text from my guru, then sat down to meditate. Actually, I drank a big jug of water before that. And during that meditation, I was just focusing on my breath. I was not doing an entertaining practice that so many people are just actively doing, entertaining their minds with meditation. Remember that it, it is in a cl classical approach to meditation. First, you have to concentrate the mind. Then you can analyze phenomena. Then you can entertain with conceptual practices. And that entertainment is healing. But if all you're doing is your first experience of meditation is conceptual, is visualizations, my sweet darling, my love, I guarantee that you're just entertaining your mind. You're not building trust. You're building stories. Sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. But that's just what it is. So, moving on through the day, someone who has trust, they have integrity. If they have trust in this incarnation, then they know that it's up to them to take care of their body. So they eat in a way that energizes the body. They drink enough water. They get enough sleep. You know, they're involved in altruistic service. Their job, their career might not be completely altruistic because they got to pay the bills, girl. But they're involved in service. They spend a couple hours every week at the shelter, at the animal rescue, at the orphanage. They're constantly finding ways to help other people. Because they know if they suffer, I suffer. If they heal, I heal. They know how deeply interdependent we are, how deeply interconnected we are. Although from one aspect of reality, feels that we're deeply separate. That I know exactly where I end and where you begin. And simultaneously holds the paradox, the contradicting truth that says, I don't know where I end and where you begin. Through unity consciousness, through Christ consciousness, through Maitreya, Buddha, Krishna consciousness, I don't know where I end and where you begin. Who is talking right now? You know what I mean? So this is the kind of orientation that we're doing with our mind is a deep exploration of our inner world by having unwavering trust in this incarnation. It's making choices, bold choices every day that get us to step out of the comfort zone because we recognize that when we are creating life, of seeking comfort. We aren't seeking the truth, but we have derailed our liberation to become accumulators 
not liberators. Very different. Those who accumulate are the ones who are seeking comfort. Those who liberate are the ones who are always on the edge. That's why the, 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 the spiritual work isn't for the faint of heart. That's why it takes an artist. That's why it takes a dancer. That's why it takes a poet. That's why it takes an alchemist. That's why. So you're listening to these words. Remind yourself right now that you are an artist. Doesn't matter what anyone has said to you. You're here right now because you're an artist. So unwavering trust comes with an optimism about life. It's an unshakable optimism about life. It's a choice after choice to look at things on the bright side. What is it they say, the silver lining? I don't know that language, but it's an American uh, kind of thing. Look, silver lining. Find the deeper layers of truth in every experience. That means if you're a truth seeker, you're going to land at grace. If you're a truth seeker, if you have unwavering trust in this incarnation, that means that you're a truth seeker. That means that you're walking in the mystery while holding a spotlight of awareness, bright enough not only for yourself but for everyone around you. So sit with this. Sit with this. Do I have trust in this incarnation? And just notice, what does that mean to you? And kind of allow this, this question to kind of orient how you relate to other people and how you relate to yourself. A basic trust is someone whose presence non-verbally communicates relaxation. It, it, it regulates nervous systems. This person who has unwavering trust that this is a good incarnation for them, although it may be quite chaotic, They walk earth in a way that it feels when you're watching them, the time stops. There's something deeply poetic about how they move in the world. Watch yourself and become the art. Don't perform trust. Live trust. Be trust. So you are no longer an artist performing. You have become the art. Are we communicating? Are we arriving? Unwavering trust also helps us to recognize. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. That we are that we are deeply supported in ways that we can't see with the eyes in our face. And we're okay. 
by being supported in 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 ways that are um, that are uh, ethereal and celestial, and we welcome support. So from this point, just carry with you the question: Do I have trust in this incarnation? You know, and carry yourself with your shoulders rolled up, with your chin parallel to the ground, with your eyes straight out, with your palms facing out, with a beautiful, shining smile. That I'm not okay, but I am okay. That things are crumbling, but I'm okay. That it hurts, but I'm okay. That it's painful, but I'm okay. That things fucking suck right now, but I'm okay. That I'm having a really terrible fucking time, but I'm okay. That is the paradoxical truth of someone who is on the spiritual path to liberation. Okay? Enough for today. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet... Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another spiritually sassy conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. Mm-hmm.